Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and e hisikimaka e yoso matnamineho kihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by guest Vaughn Bowles, and he is the Public Information Officer for the Incident Command Center for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin, and he is here to answer some of our COVID-19 questions. Welcome, Vaughn. Thanks. <laughs> Good to have you, as always. Thank you. Thank you. It's been like since last week. It's uh, It's been forever. <laughs> Okay, um, so our first question was, can a person catch COVID-19 twice? And I think maybe we talked about this before, but it seems like people are asking this question a lot, so I figure we would talk about it again. It's still a a pretty valid question because the answer is a big maybe right now, um, and a lot of the scientists are really working on it because it it is a really important question right now. Um, And they have some early studies out that show people that have had it have been reinfected, but the population size for those studies are, are extremely small. And so it doesn't provide enough statistical evidence for it to be really predictive. Um, and it's speculated that the people that have had COVID and then have been reinfected actually have um, one of the other strains that uh, have, have been floating around since there are two major ones right now. And anytime anyone's infected, the virus can mutate in them again. Um, creating a new strain that you know might be passed on to someone else so they're not sure at this point um they're also doing a lot of antibody testing right now and some of the tests show that antibodies disappear you know rather quickly but again the sample size isn't really large and so it's not very conclusive and so right now we have a big maybe um best best you know piece of advice at this moment is you know take care of yourself and if you do know a friend or loved one has COVID, you know, don't go and hug them or hang out with them and spend a lot of time with them, especially if you haven't had it yet. So, you know, practice yeah. precautions. If you have had it, you may or may not be safe. We're not sure yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen um, some people talking about having COVID parties. I mean, yeah. not people I know personally, but just like, you know, people out on social media having yeah, these that COVID is parties. Not a great idea. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we don't know if you even can, if you can get it again. So yeah, like, cause if you, you know, do, you just got yourself sick for absolutely no reason and put yourself through something that's disgusting and miserable. So right. yeah. Okay. Um, so what is occurring? And I think this is referring to specifically here on the reservation. What is occurring when people are testing positive for COVID and where are they going? So it kind of depends on the severity. You know, if someone is tested, they're obviously going to ask to be isolated from their family and friends until, you know, the test results come back. Usually that's fairly quickly. If you're having symptoms um, and you've been tested and they're, they're mild or medium symptoms, you'll just be sent home to isolate yourself um, and do symptom support like we've talked about before, you know, drinking lots of fluids, trying to get a lot of rest, staying away from family and friends and going out into the public as little as possible. If you're high risk, um, you'll 
actually be probably sent to one of the hospitals. Um, I know Theta Care in Shano has uh, several beds that are available for COVID patients, and there are a few others, you know, in Green Bay and Appleton area. Um, you'll usually stay there. Average stay at this point in the hospital is about four days, um, and then they send you home. Uh, and you'll be contacted by a healthcare provider every day to make sure your symptoms aren't getting worse and that you're recovering properly. You'll also want to retest you, you know, several days down the road. Um, you'll want to check with your healthcare provider about that. But usually they'll have you tested, you know, after your release, um, maybe a week down the road and stuff to make sure you're clear. And um, one thing they'll they'll try to make sure of, if tests are available. Um, is they'll test you a couple times within 24 hours to make sure the virus is all cleared out of your system. So, Okay. I had seen somewhere, I can't remember where, but somebody had said that manosakia is being used for like isolation or something like that. Yeah, right now the that? tribe is using manosakia facilities as an isolation location. If you can't isolate at home or, you know, for whatever reason you don't feel safe, um, they've used that location for individuals that um, don't have anywhere else they can safely isolate themselves from their family. So yeah, that's, that is true. It's not just a rumor. Um, I think we've had three or four patients stay there at this point and they've all successfully recovered there. Um, and it's, it's worked out pretty well for the most part. Okay. Um, so how is COVID affecting services that we are trying to provide when there are COVID positive people in those buildings? So I think, so if there is someone that's COVID positive, um, what we try to do at that point is have that person immediately go home um, and immediately isolate. The building, depending on which building it is in, um, is usually shut down and then a thorough deep clean is done with these wonderful fogger machines that essentially spray disinfectant everywhere. It's a giant mist um, to make sure that every nook and cranny of the building is, is cleaned out. Um, and so that's that's why at this point we have, you know, all of our services are back up in operation. Um, we only have, you know, half of our staff in each of those buildings and you have to make an appointment to go in. Um, but we feel at this point we have a protocol in place that keeps the building clean, safe. Um, and, you know, if anyone is found having it, you know, we know how to take care of it and stuff. So the rest of the staff can resume their work, usually, you know, within a day or two uh, without any risk to them. And then, you know, places like the rec center and stuff aren't open yet just because there's so much traffic in and out. And um, so that'll be reopened in the third phase of things. Okay. Um, <clears throat> is someone who has had COVID and recovered still able to infect other people? So that's something the CDC is still looking into a little bit. Uh, they do have recommendations out, though. Uh, if you've had it, and you're fever free for three days and you have improved uh, respiratory symptoms, you know, less coughing, easier to breathe, things like that. Um, they usually say uh, you can see people um, if it's been 10 days since your symptoms first appeared. Um, but that really depends on, you know, what your healthcare provider advises. Um, if, you know, your symptoms aren't improving, obviously you're still contagious and you don't want to be around anyone. Um, and you'll want to talk to your doctor about that. If you've received uh, two negative tests um, at least 24 hours apart, that's usually a good indicator that you're no longer contagious. Um, if you've been tested for COVID-19 but don't have any symptoms, though, 
you'll you'll want to wait another 10 days and stuff from that time of the test that confirmed it before you go out and spend time in, in the public or, or interact with people again. And for people with like, you know, weaker immune systems or immunocompromised states, um, you know, that period is going to be increased because obviously you could infect yourself, be infected by others. And so you'll want to stay um quarantined away from people for an extended period of time so it's really something that um you want to take precautions with since they're still doing a lot of the studies on that as well okay um through social media it seems like covid is affecting more people without underlying health conditions is there truth to this so um Sort of. I mean, there are cases, and you'll read about it in the news or on social media, where you know a perfectly healthy individual comes down with COVID nineteen and it hospitalizes them. Yes, that does happen. Um, the odds of that happening are significantly are, are significantly lower than someone else who might be more at risk. I mean, um, a, a large scale study done in New York City found that you know of people who were diagnosed with um, COVID nineteen you're more, most likely to have um, four conditions taking place. One is you're over the age of 63 or older. You really can't do anything about your age at this point. So if you have that condition, <laughs> know you're at a slightly higher risk. We haven't um, invented um, aging backwards yet. I know. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working <laughs> on that in my garage right now. And I'll get back to you when I, when I nail that one. Um, there are there are a couple other things that are comorbidities associated with COVID, like severe COVID-19 cases that we can control, though. Um, one is hypertension or high blood pressure. Um, they found that, you know, uh, at least 57% of the cases that have um, severe COVID cases are also hyp- have hypertension or high blood pressure. Um, obesity is one. At least 41% of severe COVID cases are obese. Uh, and then diabetes is the other one. And about 34% of the patients with severe COVID cases also have diabetes. And it's it's kind of something that is kind of a snowball effect. Usually when individuals are obese, they also have hypertension. And very frequently, it leads to diabetes. So if you have one of these comorbidities, it might be leading you towards the others as well. Um, so if you have one um, it's not great. If you have multiple of these comorbidities, it increases your likelihood of a severe case and stuff. So, you know, there are things we can we can do: diet, exercise, um, to to work on some of those variables. Um, but in most cases, healthy individuals uh, usually don't get severe cases. If they even if they do catch it, um, it's it's not nearly as problematic or as dangerous for them. They'll usually recover. So it's not impossible, but it's less, much less likely. Yeah, it's much less probable. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a friend of mine who, great health. Um, he was he was a little bit older though. He was in his mid fifties or so, um, but he he was a marathon runner. I mean, he was in great shape. Um, came down with COVID nineteen that he acquired while he was traveling, and uh, it put him in the hospital for several weeks. Um, so even even without um, you know, comorbidities or other health related issues, um, you can get bad cases of it. And so that's part of the reason that, you know, social distancing and, you know, wearing masks and hand sanitation is, has been stressed because 
you know, people don't have innate immunity to it right now, and it can be bad for them. Um, if you know your health isn't great right now, though, uh, you'll want to take extra precaution. Um, <clears throat> are there building ventilation protocols in place for tribal buildings? So some of the tribal buildings, uh, like the clinic and the casino, do have regulations um, regarding what kind of ventilations they have to have in place. Um, at this point, though, the tribal members uh, and the IC team feel fairly comfortable with what they've been able to do with the maintenance departments. And we have the HVAC or the air systems um, running as about as high as we can and circulating the air um, through the buildings as quickly as possible. Um, the reason for this is what they call turbulent air or air that's in motion um, decreases the likelihood that COVID will remain suspended in the air. Um, and so moving that air um, not only purifies it, but also um, kind of causes COVID to settle. And so right now we're, we're doing as much as we can to ensure there's airflow through the buildings so they remain safe for tribal members. So no, no protocol for some of the buildings, but definitely for some. Okay. Um, is it safe for people to share masks? So sharing masks, it depends on your type of mask. If you have something like an N95 or a surgical mask that's disposable, those are something you don't want to share with, with another individual. If you have a cloth mask or a reusable mask, yes, you, you could share it with someone. Um, but you definitely want to sanitize and or wash it first. Um, if it's cloth mask, you can send it through you know your laundry on uh, the warmest setting with soap and water. Uh, if you wanted to use a bleach solution though, you could mix up a bleach solution with like two teaspoons of bleach to one quart of water. Or if you have a whole lot of laundry you wanna do, you could do five tablespoons of bleach to a gallon of water and then just soak them for like five minutes at a time. And that usually does a pretty good job of clearing off any sort of bacteria or virus that might be associated or hanging on it. Um, and then you could either dry them on the highest heat setting in your dryer or just line dry them and hang them in the sun. Um, you want to make sure the sun's out though because that uh, provides UV lights uh, to, to sanitize and deactivate any viruses that may be on the masks. So you can share masks. Um, just be certain that the type of mask you're wearing isn't like a one-time use thing uh, mm -hmm. if you're going to give it to someone else. Okay. Um, was there any final message you wanted to give people? You know, really appreciate uh, the feedback that we got from everyone this last week. We sent out some surveys um, regarding COVID, and uh, we really appreciate the feedback. We had a lot of people respond to it, and uh, we're going to try to answer as many of the questions that we received from those surveys, and we're also going to try to tailor our message accordingly so uh, it'll be able to reach you know, more tribal members, and it'll be uh, more helpful for each of you. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks for coming on, Vaughn. You bet. Thanks for having me. YYNN for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. And keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. We are aiming to do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. So please send those to us via email at podcast at mitw.org.